From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Welcome you to this broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that will give us insights into the various aspects of our Lord's temporal ministry, from His teaching and miracles to His atoning death on the cross and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, Rest in All Thy Goings. The text is found in Exodus 33 and verse 14. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. Precious promise! Lord, enable me to appropriate it as all my own. We must go at certain times from our abode, for here we have no continuing city. It often happens that when we feel most at home in a place, we are suddenly called away from it. Here is the antidote for this ill. The Lord himself will keep us company. His presence, which includes his favor, his fellowship, his care, and his power— shall be ever with us in every one of our marchings. This means far more than it says, for in fact it means all things. If we have God present with us, we have possession of heaven and earth. Go with me, Lord, and then command me where thou wilt. But we hope to find a place of rest. The text promises it. We are to have rest of God's own giving, making, and preserving. His presence will cause us to rest even when we are on the march, yea, even in the midst of battle. Rest, thrice blessed word, can it ever be enjoyed by mortals? Yes, there is the promise, and by faith we plead it. Rest comes from the Comforter, from the Prince of Peace, and from the glorious Father who rested on the seventh day from all his works. To be with God is to rest in the most emphatic sense.
If your Bible reading is usually in the authorized or King James Version, you have probably encountered words that are quite unfamiliar. Because the authorized version was translated in the 17th century, some of its words are no longer in use or perhaps have a different meaning now. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to offer a booklet containing many of those archaic terms and their meaning in modern-day speech. In addition, the booklet contains a Bible reading plan that will help you to read the whole Bible through in two years, as well as the Psalms and the New Testament twice. To obtain your copy of A Bible Word List free of charge, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of A Bible Word List, and we'll be happy to provide it. this edition of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns commences a message entitled, Christ the Lord of the Sabbath and the Superior of the Temple. The text will be Mark chapter 2, verses 27 and 28. Once again, Christ is accused by the Pharisees of breaking the Sabbath. This case involved the disciples plucking and eating some grain as they passed through a local field. It probably occurred following the healing of the impotent man at the pool of Bethesda, during which the Pharisees displayed their lack of pity for the man as they condemned him for carrying his bed on the Sabbath. Before the disciples had a chance to respond to the criticism, Christ himself defended them by citing the example of David and his men eating the showbread in their time of need, illustrating the truth that mercy is better than sacrifice. So the Lord Jesus revealed himself as the advocate of his people. Now here is Dr. Cairns to introduce this message, Christ the Lord of the Sabbath and the Superior of the Temple. Returning this morning as we continue the studies in the life of Christ to Matthew's Gospel chapter 12. We're going to read the first 13 verses. And then we're going to read the parallel passage in Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, 
And the text will be taken from Mark's account, which will be in Mark chapter 2. So at least we're going to get some sword drill, as we used to call it in children's meetings, of being able to turn up Bible passages quickly. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12, reading together the first 13 verses of the chapter. At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were hungered, and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was hungered, And they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests? Or have ye not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, ye would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered, And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days, that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep? And if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then saith he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the other. Luke's Gospel, chapter 6, the same account with a few different details. And it came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first that he went through the cornfields, And his disciples plucked the ears of corn and did eat, rubbing them in their hands. And certain of the Pharisees said unto them, Why do ye that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? Jesus answering them said, Have ye not read so much as this, what David did when himself was unhungered, and they which were with him? How he went into the house of God and did take and eat the showbread, and gave also to them that were with him which it is not lawful to eat, but for the priests alone. And he said unto them that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts, And said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. Then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it, 
And looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored whole as the other. And they were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. Amen. The Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his word for his name's sake. As I said, we will take the text summing all this up from Mark's account of the same miracle. Mark chapter 2, verses 27 and 28. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath day. And if I might add to that a word from Matthew 12 that we read together in verse 6, I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. If you have been with us during these studies in the life of Christ very much, or indeed if you have paid much attention in your reading of the New Testament, you will now be quite used to the almost constant controversy between the Pharisees and the Lord Jesus Christ on the subject of the Sabbath. The two particular controversies of which we have read this morning are recorded in all three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I read Luke's account for various reasons, but principally to draw your attention to how Luke commences it in chapter 6, verse 1. There is a strange word. It's given rise to all sorts of opinions and controversies in itself. It came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first. That sounds not too difficult in English, although when you stop to ask yourself exactly what may it mean, you begin to realize there's a whole lot more difficulty than you first imagined. The difficulty is compounded when you realize that in the Greek text it is just one word, and it has the strange meaning, the second first. So, on the second first Sabbath, he entered in. As I say, it's caused a lot of discussion. It led some people very early in church history even to cut this out of the text completely. And so you'll find translations that leave it out simply because some people thought it was easier to do without this word. However, as usual, there is no great mystery and no great need for mystery if you simply let the Bible speak for itself. If you go back, for example, to Leviticus chapter 23, you'll discover that when, on the weeks when the great national feasts of Israel were held, and by that I mean the Passover, the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. When these great national feasts of the Lord in Israel were observed, there were usually two Sabbath days in the week. I say that because the first day of each of these feasts 
was in itself a Sabbath. It was called a high day. And this is what the Jews called the first or the great Sabbath, no matter what day of the week it fell upon. And so the weekly Sabbath that came on its usual seventh day in that period, uh, it was called the second first. I am not really quite sure why it uh, came to have that particular designation. One may only guess, I suppose, that it's because the high day was the first in importance, and therefore this was the second in that week coming after the first. So it would appear to me that the events in Luke chapter 6, 1 through 11, and these other passages that we have been looking at, occurred soon after what we were studying last week, the healing at the pool of Bethesda on the Sabbath day. You remember the Lord Jesus went up at an unnamed feast. Remember we looked at the self-revelation that the Lord Jesus Christ gave at this unnamed feast. I said that there was an emphasis upon the unrecognized or unknown Christ making himself known at an unnamed feast. Uh, there's something of an irony there. Uh, this unnamed feast of the Jews, it really is a tragedy in many ways when you realize that what had started out as the feast of the Lord had degenerated into being a feast of the Jews. I don't want to get off on a tangent. I'm always tempted to do that very early in a study. But there's a message for us, and there's a warning for us there. For example, even regarding the Lord's table. In how many places has the table of the Lord become merely the table of a denomination or the ritual of a church, and God is conspicuous by his absence? The feasts of the Lord had become the feast of the Jews. This unnamed feast of the Jews, at which they did not recognize God manifested in the flesh, even as he stood in their midst. He used that occasion to give this great revelation of himself. I think that it was on the high Sabbath that that happened. And that immediately will tell you that this unnamed feast was one of the very important feasts, and that probably the opinion of the early writers that it was a Passover is well grounded. Modern scholars like to think of it as being the Feast of Purim. I don't think so. Certainly there was no reason uh, for them to have then uh, a second first Sabbath after that. So, if it was a Passover, whenever, one of these great feasts, the Lord Jesus healed at the pool of Bethesda, and then on the next Sabbath, that same week, so it could well still be in Judea, though he might have had time to move up toward Galilee, he went in to the fields of corn. Now, the law allowed travelers, as they followed their way through or pursued their way through the fields of corn, to eat as much as they liked. They couldn't gather and put it in a bag and carry it home. That would be stealing. But whether you had a cornfield 
or a vineyard or anything else that people could eat, the traveler through the field, by the law, had the right to pluck and eat. I have to say that law wasn't in operation when I was growing up. We had an empty house behind us, for a while anyway, and they had one of the best orchards. And in Britain, wherever you have an orchard, you always have little boys scaling the fence and stealing the apples or the pears, and they had both in this orchard. And I well remember getting through the hedge and getting into that. And I felt like Adam felt when the voice came saying, Adam, where art thou? Though nobody was in the house, sense and purposes, nobody owned it, and they were all going to drop and rot, yet we were not allowed in to eat. Strange sort of law, that. But anyway, uh, they were allowed to eat. The Pharisees, however, said that they were not allowed to do it on the Sabbath day. Still furious at Christ for healing the man at the pool of Bethesda on the high Sabbath, they were, as we have read, mad because he allowed his disciples to pluck these ears of corn. So their cry went up, it is not lawful to do this on the Sabbath. But immediately the Lord Jesus Christ defended his disciples. Now I want you to notice that very carefully. Before they had a chance to open their mouths to say a word in their own defense, the Lord Jesus stepped forward and he defended his disciples. That's one of those little things that it's so easy to pass over on your way to bigger things in reading or expounding the Scriptures. But I want you to get the picture with the enemy raging against his disciples, with the condemnation being heaped upon them. Before they opened their mouths to defend themselves, the Lord Jesus stepped forward as their advocate and their defender before men. That's a glorious thought, for he's still the same. When you go through the book of Psalms, notice how often the psalmist prayed that the Lord would judge him. What he meant was that the Lord would vindicate him, that the Lord would be his advocate, that the Lord would be his defender, that the Lord would stand up and speak for him and act on his behalf. And how often the psalmist rejoiced that the Lord did precisely that. We have an advocate with God. And the law can bring no accusation against us. And I want you to see this. As soon as anybody would try to use the law of God to bring a Christian into condemnation, Jesus Christ rises as his advocate and as his defender. It's a glorious truth that we have an advocate with God and an advocate against the attacks of men. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 
1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 